the chapter describes that even after Gurunath left the Panchaganga Kshetra, Narsobhavadi, his Padukas, which had been left under the Audamba tree, continued to respond to the prayers of devotees as per the assurance given to the Yogini Ganas by Gurunath. A woman was freed from her Brahma Rakshasa who had caused death to all the five children born to her. With the grace of Gurunath, two sons were born to her again. But one of the sons, just when the parents were planning to do his Upanayana ceremony, dies. Gurunath, in the guise of a yogi, appears before her and imparts philosophical teaching about the inevitability of death. He tries to reconcile her with the event, but the woman remains, remains inconsolable. This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nose. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namah Om Shri Ganeshaya Namah Om Shri Saraswataya Namah Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namah Om Shri Mahalakshme Namah Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namah We'll continue from where we stopped that is with a new chapter, chapter 20 Guru Nath's Blessing on the Brahmin's Wife Let us begin and understand what Guru Nath is teaching through this chapter in this chapter, Siddhamuni described to Namdarak the Audambarsthan Mahima, which remained undiminished and ever full even after Gurunath's departure from there to Gangapur. Gurunath continued to reside there, but in his invisible form, and continued to shower his grace on whoever offered worship to the Guru Padukas at the foot of the Audambar tree on the confluence of the Panchaganga at Amrapur. In a village called Shiro <coughs> in a village called Shiro Ro Shirol Grem, there lived a Brahmin couple. The woman gave birth to five sons, but unfortunately None survived. The woman was plunged in a grief at the loss of her, all her sons. She started praying to Gurunath that he should expiate her from her previous lives, sins and save her. One night, Gurunath appeared in her dream in the guise of a Brahmin. He confronted and consoled her. He said that none can escape destiny. The consequences of deeds, whether done knowingly or, or unknowingly. He told her further, in your previous life, there was one Brahmin of Saunaka Gotra. You borrowed 100 rupees sovereigns from, which, from him, which you did not repay. He was greatly upset about your non-payment and in desperation committed suicide. He became a ghost after his death and has been haunting you with vengeance in your present life. He has been the cause of the death of all your sons. The woman prayed to the Brahmin who was talking to her in the dream to tell her how she could atone for it and get freed from the ghost. The Brahmin told her when the Brahmin died, he had none to perform his funeral rites. It is now past 16 years since his death. You now arrange for his funeral rites and give the 100 rupees you owed him in charity in the dead man's name to any Brahmin belonging to his Gotra. That is the same Saunaka Gotra. Oh my God, what is this story so far revealed to you? It is about, it's talking about karma and how any non-repayment in any, any form, if it is not done by you, then it is going to haunt you back, not in this life, but even after you are dead and gone and in your next many more lives to come about. What does it tell you? That if you have taken something from someone or if you have committed to repay, return, or if you have said to them that you will definitely, you know, return it back to them, 
please make it a point to return it back. If not, you will have to meet that person and incur many more karmic associations in your future lives. Why are you sanctioning yourself many more births to come about? You know, that is why my Krishna Guruji teaches us about if we owe something to someone, we will have to repay in this life right here and now. We should not wait for an, a time to repay, whether it is your money that you have borrowed or whether you've committed, you are going to give some object, asset, thing. Even it could be a small, simple promise like I'm going to, you know, buy you a meal or I'm going to take you out for a lunch. I'm going to cook this for you. Say you are going to bake a cake for someone. If you have committed something, please ensure that that commitment is repaid. It is fulfilled. Otherwise, you will have to be born again just for that stupid transaction of yours because you have not been able to keep up to that commitment. And this is something we don't understand. We human beings take things for granted, way too much for granted. We, we make hundreds of promises, but even one we can't keep keep up to that it is not only to the human beings the promises made even if you have made the promise to a god please remember you will have to keep up your promise otherwise there is going to be a big problem in your life i know we all go to temple and we'll tell the god please give us a job once i get the job i'm going to come and offer you just a box of a peda whatever that you accept to offer you need to complete that promise you have to fulfill your vow you have to fulfill that promise whatever you have made why because otherwise you will have to be born again if you fail to do so in this life in some other life you have to come back to just fulfill that promise of yours so why do you have to incur further karmas can you believe this because this woman owed that brahmin just that hundred rupees and since he committed a suicide because that money didn't come to him on time can you imagine it can even cause a death to somebody and here we are in this kali yuga we're cheating people left right and uh, you know left right and center why should we do that why are we not understanding our own our own wheel in this we take so much of credits we borrow money we do so many different things we are putting somebody else in the trouble Imagine if you know if you have borrowed some money from some person and that person depend you know that person's living is dependent on the money you're going to give back to that person and if that money doesn't come in time what happens then that person is going to suffer are you not going to partake of that additional karma as well of course you are going to you are going to take get into more karmas with that person why because that money has not come to them in time you your promise you've made a promise and you have not repaid them so you're going to suffer and you have to come back you know you're sanctioning yourself many more lives to come back and go through further more sufferings because you have failed to do so what you have committed to doing similarly this goes for everything it's not just with the money see this aspect of repayment is is with everything, whether in kind, whether in cash, whether in words, whether in deeds, whether in actions, whether in thoughts, it is in every aspect. Karma is nothing but a transaction. It is a repayment. Any action has to be repaid. So why perform an action which is going to make you bound and get into furthermore karmas? You know, one very powerful lesson my Krishna Guruji always teaches and that goes in the way we behave as well. You know, what does he say? He tells that if somebody is behaving badly with you, you don't have to behave badly with that person. You just can't be nice. If somebody wants to misbehave, somebody wants to use their mind and behave very uncouth, you don't become that uncouth person simply because you don't want to, you know, get into their, you don't want to get into a karmic debt with that person and that's one reason why he'll stop his very you know uh, ardent devotees those who really he care he cares about their spiritual welfare he will definitely stop he will scold them and saying don't do that i have not taught anybody to be bad he'll always teach me this i mean day in and day out he'll teach me this he'll say be nice you don't have to get angry even if somebody is behaving badly with you do not get angry and that is where we fail
Why? Because our ego is coming very strong. We don't like somebody being, you know, misbehaving. We get very angry. We, that is again from my, it's, it's from our own individual point of view as well. And he knows, you know, my Guruji will say, okay, that person has behaved bad, but you are in spiritual. Why don't you just be nice? But to overcome that ego and mind is a big challenge. It is, it is very difficult. Why? Because we get attached to this body. Somebody is hurt. And who is this person who is hurt? It is the mind which feels that hurt. That pain and pleasure. Both is felt by the mind. And when you evolve on the path of spiritual, when you go higher and higher, this test comes in a dime a dozen. Because you have to get over this aspect of ego in yourself. The ego is somebody needs to respect me. Somebody needs to, you know, behave in a certain manner comes. You know, I, I've always watched, I've observed in, in 12 years of my spiritual journey with my Krishna Guruji. In that, I've seen how a guru teaches. You know, he puts you through different, different things. Not because he gets some pleasure out of it. It's not about, you know, hurting you or causing you any pain. On the contrary, it is to purify you. It is to crush your ego. It is to get you out of that ego. And what does he do? He doesn't do anything. In fact, his universe works in such a way that it uses everything that is there at that moment to create that situation for you to see how you fare in that test. It's just a test whether you have whether you have understood that knowledge of the spiritual or not. Whether you are, you are able to apply that knowledge at that moment in time or not. And this is a test that comes to everyone. And one thing you need to understand. See, in one of the aspects of Guru's nature, in fact, two chapters before, Sri Narsimha Saraswati was giving a very profound truth. He was revealing something very important. And in that, Narsimha Saraswati has said that the Gurus beat you to pulp. Again, I'm saying pulp in the sense, not you physically, but they want to destroy your ego. Whatever they do, when they are scolding you, please remember it is the blessing that they are showering upon you. And please know that when the Guru is actually not correcting you, he's, he's, you know, it's not that he wants you to fall, but he wants you to get that lesson so that you understand the mistakes that you make. Yeah, he will definitely save you. At the end of the day, it is the Guru's Uttardaitva, means it is his duty, it is, it is his responsibility to save you. But doesn't mean that he's going to, you know, come and suffer that karma for you despite him warning you not to do something like that. And what, what can he do at the end of the day? See, beyond the point, the Guru's body can only take so much. After that, it gives up. So it is for us to buck up. So many a time, the, when the Gurus, even though they know that the student is committing an error, they will not correct. Why? Because they will want you to learn that lesson. They will want you to get that lesson for yourself. And one more thing, very important. When the Guru has told you, don't do something and you end up doing exactly opposite of what your Guru has told you not to do, you have already let the destiny play a role in your life. Please remember this. A, when you go against the Guru, when you have not seek this permission and, and despite that, you think, your mind is told, oh, yeah, I've done all the right thing. I have taken the permission of my Guruji. He has given me the permission. Actually, he has not given the permission. It is a concoction of your mind which has told you that you, your Guruji has given you the permission. And please remember, the Guruji is actually going to say yes, boss, to you. He is definitely going to do that. Why? Because your destiny is now working. He is not going to involve in your karma. And one thing which my Krishna Guruji taught to me yesterday, and that is very important lesson. If you if you learn and understand this Guru Charitra, in this it's only being taught. When the Guru says, you know, don't do something, you should not do. And if you go do, and that time your destiny is going to take over. And what comes about, the events after that, the consequence is something that you will have to pay for it and you are going to suffer for it big time. Please remember this. It is not thinking that mighty please, oh my Guruji is, you know, favoring me, supporting me. He's, you know, he's telling I am right. Actually, he's, he's making your ego rise to such a great height. You don't know what will hit you when the fall comes. Please remember this. And when the master corrects you, he literally beats you to the pulp. He's destroying your ego. And that is, that is when you have to let that ego get destroyed. And it's a very tough process. It's not easy. You know why? Because the ego rises to such a level that this I, I comes in you so strong. 
this I gets hurt. And who is this I? That's the mind. And you should actually go listen to yesterday's my Krishna Guruji's Uddhav Gita Satsang. And in that he says, only with the grace of the Hari will you get that grace to renunciate, to you know become detached from this world and to go in seclusion. It is with very great fortune that somebody gets this grace. And that grace we have to take in. We have to accept that grace and evolve on that path. And please remember, when you are walking the path in the material world, you are going to go into so much more karmic debt that you don't understand what you are getting into. It, it feels very excitable. This maya is like this, you know. The worldly maya is an enticement. She entices you no end. Come, come, look at me. Lust, greed. You know, I am waiting. The Kali Purusha is going to push you. Please remember, you know, yesterday... Uh, my some of my Guruji's disciples were visiting him and in that he was giving some very beautiful lesson. They asked him, you know, is a sannyas ashrama important when you are going on the path of a devotion? And my Krishna Guruji gives a very profound answer to that. See, it's not about having going into the sannyas ashrama. It is about, you know, even to attaining devotion, you have to first renunciate what does renunciation mean? It is not physically renouncing the world. It is about renunciation within your mind. Your mind is the one which is attached to every object. It is bound. It is, it is in the bondage. It could be to your parents, to your wife, to your children, to your job, to the wealth. It's constantly dwelling in that sense objects. The renunciation is about renunciating all that mentally. Mentally means your mind is not in any of those objects. You are not mentally attached to anybody because it is the mind that you have to overcome. It is not the physical, it's a physical attachment. There is nothing like a physical attachment. It is a mental attachment which is going to bind you to eternity. That is what is causing, that is what is the root cause of the karma. The karma is created in the mind. It's not more the physical action. It is more what is happening in your mind. And yes, physical action is also very important. What you say matters. What you do, it matters. And most important, what you think also matters. So my Krishna Guruji was teaching. See, when uh, uh, he was talking about how does the Guru work? In that he was explaining, the Gurus do not hand out initiation to anyone and everyone. And if a Guru initiates you, it becomes his responsibility, you know, so of you, he takes complete responsibility of you so that he has to ensure you cross over the, to the other side of the shore. Which means, again, you have to you have to get get out of that material worldly bondage. All the karmas accruing to you, he wipes out. But it is his responsibility. But okay, the but is it also depends on the effort that you put. It's two-way process. If you do not put your effort, if you do not do your spiritual sadhana, and how much can how much karma can your guruji take? He can only you know, wear himself out to a certain extent. Beyond that point, he cannot suffer for you. Please remember this. You know, you can't keep going and committing the karma and telling, oh, my Guruji is there to suffer and he will have to pay. You know, he will manage everything. It doesn't work like that. So, that is why the real masters only initiate a handful of them. And in that also, there are different kinds of initiation. You know, once we had been to a place called, in Indonesia, called Batam. And in that, we went to a Buddhist uh, a, a temple. In that temple, there was a very beautiful picture. And in that, there, there, was, there was a mention about how there are, you know, 32 stages of realization. It's not one or two. There were 32 levels. So, even in spirituality, so even like in our case, we don't know the different levels of realization that exist. So, you can just go, you, you know, you can you can only get uncovered just one layer and you can have that little bit of realization and you can say, oh, I got realized. But that doesn't mean anything. Like Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji says, you have to keep going ahead, going ahead, going ahead. There is no stopping anywhere in the world of spiritual. So, so the realization itself has so many different layers. Likewise, the initiation has too. The Gurujis can initiate you in a certain aspect. They might not give you the complete initiation, you know, to be, to be into everything. And again, this is not understood by the disciples. Even I don't know. 
the the aspects of initiation to what level it exists only the master knows the real spiritual master and nobody can explain and he is not even going to reveal this to us and it is not for us to know or ask whatever that the student is capable or how much of spiritual wheel he has to get whatever that he has to get that is only granted by the guru himself seeing the progress of the disciple he is not just going to give handouts and this is one very important nature of a real master see please remember how to recognize a real guru how to recognize a real master in the material world there are a lot of fake gurus who will give the like the khan mantra as a handout to millions and billions and that is not an initiation at all the khan mantra is not universal it is very individual whatever that is why we say khan mantra khan means ear which where the guru ji will whisper it in your ear and that is what is your mantra which you have to chant you know till you till your last breath because the, and that is only unique to you only you will know it and you cannot even say it out loud it is secret that is why it says it is said it in secret it's said it in silent it's just whispered only into your ears so that is what you have to chant the name of the god has to always be on the lip on the tip of your tongue on the on your lip constantly so that you don't commit any karmas in this world but please remember it is very easy to fall down in the mati in this kali yuga why because we are driven by our lust and greed anger comes all the shadripus play a big role it's a havoc that it is created and as you evolve higher and higher your mind is going to become even stronger it's going to come very powerful and there are going to be situations where there are a lot of pitfalls that's going to be put on your way to see how well you flare all of those so coming back this whole aspect of this repayment is a very deep subject though here it is explained in a very simple term please remember don't keep any dues with any human being whether it is in cash kind or in any form that is why we are being taught how to renunciate and that renunciation is in mind it's mental renunciation most important see you might have an object you might have a saree you might have a jewel you might have any money when you have renunciated none of these objects will matter to you it is just there it is serving its purpose it is meant to do good in this world it is for a purpose alone it is to wealth is to establish dharma there is a reason why certain things have been given to you and that you have to use it for everybody's well being it is not only for your own sense sense gratification please remember and please understand this truth about life see if you look at sometimes we ask there are many a time when i was you know very young when i was aspiring that i want to become rich i was i want to earn more money and that time one question i you know i was one question is was always hankering in my head and i asked this to my guruji when i met him very initial stages in my spiritual journey i asked him why is the money why do wealth is always in the hands of the wrong people so my guruji asked me a question whose whose judgment it is that it is in the hands of the wrong people why are you saying wrong it is not about wrong it is about their karma what he said probably they have done some very good merit in their previous births in their previous life that is why they are today enjoying that but most important most important thing to understand is god has given you that with whatever great merits you have you have got it in your material world okay when you have got that you should not destroy what you have received on the contrary use that wealth and to establish dharma which will actually take you ahead it will progress you on the path it will open up some spiritual wheel for you but what happens to a man is that the moment he has wealth he he gets into this lust and greed and when that strikes him he he's bound to get into that pitfall he cannot see anything after that that greed comes so strongly then you are not going to do anything good in this world that is what we have to avoid and you know um, again in uh, my krishna guruji has taught in uddhav gita what how should the wealth be distributed it they have they have given certain percentages like you know uh, 20% has to go towards the, your guru 20% has to go towards your you know the um, the mains it has to be offered 20% to you know to the to goshala the animals in the in the well being of the animals and then 10% towards your 
um, I forgot what it is, but and then 20% towards your family, relatives, yourself, and 10% for your, for your upkeep alone. So the wealth has to be distributed in this manner. It's not to hold. Please remember this. The wealth has to go to whatever that is required. And the problem with all of a human being, we human being is that we tend to hold, hold the wealth. We cannot hold. It is very, very clearly mentioned. And you can't even be a miser. Most important, you have to spend some amount, whatever it is for your own self. If you think you want to eat something, just go finish that desire. Don't don't have that unfulfilled desire because someday in life, that unfulfilled desire will lead you to your own downfall because that will create anger and that will give birth to more and more desires. So don't go into that state. So live your life today. Be contented with what you have. Be very gracious for all the blessings that God has been very kind to bestow upon you. This is the most important lesson we need to understand. So coming back here, if you see just this one, you know, your one action can lead to somebody's death, somebody's, you know, getting into some deep trouble. You don't know the repercussions of your action or your behavior. Please remember the universe is watching. It is what you give is what you're going to get back thousand times more. So do good, show the virtues. You will get back that in thousand times. Why do you are inviting the same trouble? If you are going to, if you are going to be a cause of misery for someone else, please remember the same misery is going to come you know, 10 times, 100 times more to you. And that time, what are you going to do? So please, you know, ask yourself, whatever the action that I am doing, is it going to do good in this world? That's more important. And that is why my Krishna Guruji will say, just silence is our mantra. We have to practice silence and go in seclusion. And most important, renunciation. Um, like Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji says, if someone asked him, have you studied Gita? And he says, no, I, I don't know what Gita means. But when I reverse the word, it means Tyaga, Tyagi, which means renunciation. You have to renounce. Renounce is the most important thing, important word in a, in a spiritual aspirant's life. And as you evolve, when that stage comes, you will have to do that. You have to renounce. You will have to get so disgusted with this material world that you are not going to want anything. Please remember, none of these objects will give you that everlasting bliss, that peace that we look for. You know what? Everything has only that momentary pleasure, be it marriage, be it a job. They say, you know, you take up any job for that matter. Six months is all that is, you know, you, you're, it's like a honeymoon period. That six months is all the honeymoon period. After that, you're going to be miserable in that job. Why? Because it is not palatable or something is not working the way you want it to work. And then you're going to be suffering through that. Go ask anybody in this world, are they, any, are they happy with their job? And everybody will give that answer. Oh, it's my living. It is my bread and butter. I have to live through it. This is the answer you will get. Nobody is happy with their job. But when you serve the purpose of the Lord Almighty, let me tell you, you will be the most happiest being. You know why? Because when you do the service unto the Divine Lord, it, you will feel fulfilled. You will find contentment in that. But that which is not your Swadharma, that which has no purpose, in which you are not serving the Divine, you are never going to feel that, that you know, that, contentment you're you're always going to feel you're going to be miserable in state but when you understand okay this is all unreal i just have to sleepwalk it then the impact doesn't come to you in that in, in that capacity or to that degree but what happens otherwise is you will feel the impact and that is called the power lord's maya the power of lord's maya and what is unreal feels and appears so real you will feel that everything is happening to you. It's very, very real is how you feel. And that time you're going to be suffering terribly. Oh, someone is treating me badly. Someone is treating me good. You know, that ego comes in. But that is what you have to overcome. And the great masters will put you through this journey. Why? Because you have to evolve. They care about your well-being. And that is what yesterday satsang in 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 the Uddhav Gita satsang, where Lord Sri Krishna is saying, that Brahman is saying, it is only with the grace of the Hari, that's a, it's a boon, when you get that chance to renounce, when you are given that stage, when that comes to you, that, you know, 
the aspect of renunciation that stage comes to you and you will have to go through it accept it as a blessing you know all those problems those miseries are a blessing you know why because that is going to take you ahead on your spiritual path and that is the great that is one greatest boon that you can ever have so the lord is very kind to you and your guruji is extremely kind to you it is only with his grace can you you know you could have come to that state without the guru's grace you wouldn't have been able to arrive to that state at all today and this is very important so for those who have a master be very gracious to your master that he's putting you through these challenges don't get angry with him i know it's not easy let me tell you it it becomes very difficult and that time you feel you know your gurudev is the greatest villain in your life actually he is not on the contrary he is the greatest hero of your life why because he is doing a lot good to you than you can ever imagine that is his grace and that is what is being mentioned in the even the earlier chapters that the gurudev beats the pulp he destroys your ego he destroys all your tendencies your inherent nature he ensures that you evolve on that path you become that godly being you you get that god realization that is what your guruji is looking in you that's where he wants you to reach that destination so he pushes you extremely hard you think the guru is the guru is not it doesn't pain him of course when he gives you one slap this the pain is felt by him it's not felt by you this is something we fail to understand we think my guruji is you know heartless being but actually he is the one who has the most compassionate heart sorry it's very difficult to understand a great master i mean the real spiritual master nobody can understand how how good he is let me tell you this much he cares a lot about you he knows your past your present and your future so he wants you he always constantly keeps a eye on you ensuring that you don't commit those errors in your life he's constantly protecting you so be very grateful to this guru who's doing this you know who's who's making you walk that path and who's beating you you know why even that that beating you the pulp it's not hurting you actually it hurts him the most because he's taking that pain on himself so the woman prayed to the brahmin who was talking to her in the dream to tell her how she could atone for it and get freed from the ghost the brahmin told her when the brahmin died he had none to perform his funeral rites it is now past 16 years since his death you now arrange for his funeral rites and give the 100 rupees you owed him in charity in the dead man's name to any brahmin belonging to his gotra that is the same saunaka gotra please remember you will have to repay there is no way you can get away with murder if you owe even 1 rupee to someone you will have to repay that this is a very important lesson on repayment you cannot you know just hold on to people's money and you know and take their curses because something would have happened and not just that money that interest you know in that period of time and plus all the curses or whatever the sufferings they have gone through you are responsible for that please remember after doing this you will have to do penance for a month as follows you take bath at the confluence of panchaganga and krishna rivers and do seven pradikshinas around the audumba tree there observing fast you do the same again after bathing in the papa vinasini tirtha and kamya tirtha you do abhisheka to the guru padukas and offer your worship with all sincerity and devotion if you do accordingly all the sins of your past lives will be washed off and you will bear a noble and good son and your desires will be fulfilled this is not a joke please remember the guru is teaching here how you have to atone for your sins that 100 rupees had to be repaid by her in in a certain form to a brahmin himself who will have to accept that on and especially the gotra whichever the the lineage he belonged to and to that particular brahmin he she had to 
repay that 100 rupees whatever she had she owed him so the repayment is a must and she has to do this parihara and seek the grace of the guru because only here the guru can save that is why gurunath is telling how she have to worship his padukas and by for, to atone for her sins so that all her sins and karmas will come to an end to this the woman replied oh mahatma i can do all the fast and worship but how can i repay the hundred rupees i am too poor to do that after saying thus she began sobbing the brahmin then said have faith in the odambar it is none else but the celestial kalpa vriksha through your worship to it all good will accrue to you the next morning after the dream she started on her one month penance she was fasting and after taking bath in the holy confluence and other tirthas papavinasini and kamya tirtha she was making pradikshinas circumambulation around the holy audambar tree and was doing abhisheka and worship to the guru padukas the third night after she started her penance the brahmin ghost appeared in her dream and demanded for her immediate repayment of the 100 rupees can you imagine somebody is dead and gone yet his ghost also doesn't spare you you know the ghost is also coming and asking you for that money so what does it mean you can't when that is why two things here one is you can't keep hang you can't let someone hang on to something that you owe to them number one and number two is the the one thing that you die with when you're leaving your body the one thought or the one object your mind is dwelling on is what will you will become or you will start haunting like you will become a ghost and you'll haunt that or what happens is you will you know you will continue to dwell in that object or you'll become something else you're sanctioning a birth which is exactly what you were thinking about when you were leaving your body so what happens so an example i'll give you here uh, one of my guruji's disciple you know he had a house and that house it was occupied by some of the ghost who believed that is their house and when he had bought this house you know he started experiencing some strange things and he mentioned this to my krishna guruji then my krishna guruji told him not to worry but they just think that it is their house and they don't like somebody else coming and occupying that place. Can you imagine that they are dead and gone and yet they want to possess that property because it is their house. And that is why Lord Sri Krishna says that you have to always take the name of the Divine Lord Almighty. You have to chant his name alone. Only with that you will attain him. So that is the reason why we have been given the Khan Mantra. So that we keep chanting that name. We keep chanting the name of the divine. So even when death strikes, when you least expect it and you are supposed to die, you will only attain the divine Lord Almighty. And that is why, an example, when, a, when, a, when one of the... Uh, when one villager, someone was dying, he just called out to his son, Narayana. But the Narayana is the name of the Lord. And can you believe then, instead of his son, Lord Vishnu came to receive him. So this is why we are we are being taught that we have to take the name of the Lord 24 bar 7 and not think about anything. So even tomorrow, if death strikes you, you know, when the inevitable happens, you attain the divine Lord Almighty and not get get lost into some material worldly objects that your mind has been dwelling in so that is why you have to train your mind and this is extremely important forget about for those who are in spiritual those who are in spiritual we are taught this and this is what we have to practice but this is for this goes for everybody else in this world anyone and everyone you just can chant any name of the lord anything that you feel you know whom you love the most your ishta the one who you rever, just chant his name or her name, whatever the divine Lord Almighty's name you want to chant, just keep chanting it. That is all it is required. So when the death strikes you, you will attain that lotus feet of the divine Lord Almighty. Why do you want to become a ghost or keep, you know, feeling that pain? Oh, she owed me that hundred rupees. She owed me that hundred rupees. Why should someone carry that, that, carry that and die with them? So that is why it is extremely 
extremely important that we don't focus on any objects so the reason for renunciation is this reason that we are not attached to any sense objects in this world it is my wife my husband my children my job my wealth my house my jewelry people are attached to even the stupidest of the thing you know a sari or you know a earring whatever that could be even the petty things people get attached to that is how our mind petty mind is so don't let your mind get latched on to these kind of sense objects please remember it is extremely important for you to not dwell in the sense object on the contrary please dwell in the beautiful name of the divine lord almighty sing his praises sing his glories sing his bhajans that is what will purify you and make your mind constantly attached to that alone the next morning after the dream she started on her one month penance she was fasting and after taking bath in the holy confluence and other tirthas papa vinasini and kamya tirtha she was making pradikshinas that is circumambulations around the holy autumnal tree and was doing abhisheka and worship to the guru padukas the third night after she started her penance the brahmin ghost appeared in a dream and demanded from her immediate repayment of the 100 rupees can you believe this ghost is just wandering and he is not attained his peace because that 100 rupees is what he was looking for he was threatening he he would throttle her neck if if she did not pay him if in mortal fright she started running towards the autumnal tree she found gurunath standing there the ghost who was chasing her stopped suddenly seeing gurunath the woman fell at gurunath's feet praying to be saved gurunath looked at the ghost and said do not trouble her any longer she took refuge at my feet and no harm would ever come to her hereafter if you give up your ill will against her i will rescue you also see this is very important sometimes we'll have to give up our ill will against people even when they have done the worst thing to you that is why my krishna guruji teaches we should not carry any ill will against anybody we need to give that up because forgiveness is godliness people make mistakes knowingly and unknowingly a great master always forgives everybody's misdemeanors and this is something i have seen in my krishna guruji he constantly keeps forgiving everybody there are people who treat him absolutely in ordinary manner you know they'll take him for granted they just think that oh living with a guruji my guruji is there to save i'll go and commit 100 sins 100 murder and my guruji will suffer in a very clean way to get out you know get away with all the murder they commit but please remember the guru can only save you to that extent beyond a point your you know whatever the karma that you perform this universe is going to give it back to you at that time there's no guruji no no guruji can come and save you how much can a guruji also suffer because if you don't change then what can the guru do so it is for us to put that self effort our sadhana has to be perfected we have to go on the path we have to do our sadhana we have to get disciplined everything is a must you think it's even in my case today if you take as we evolve higher the the path gets very tough tough because it's it is said that you can reach that you know in a in a race you know when you are running this 100 meters um or you know 100 um, the in athletic the running running you can you take the 100 meter race it's not about that 900 meters it is that 10 meters the last 10 meters is the distance that is very difficult you have to put extraordinary effort that you have to increase your speed and everything because that you know the last 100 whatever the 10 meters that is the distance that is there that is what is very important and that speed at that moment is so crucial because if you miss even for a second you will lose the race you will lose the game likewise in spiritual as in spirituality as well so that last lap is extremely important you have to make that extraordinary effort there are going to be too many tests that's going to come my krishna guruji will tell me you know every single day you're going to be tested be ready for it and it's like when you wake up you don't know what is going to what is my day look like what is awaiting me i don't know but his universe works around in in, in such a manner that you you know things will come up in the in the when you least expect it that is one and in the most unique manner you wouldn't have ever imagined ki that is going to be the you know the source of your test or something that you would have not even bothered to pay attention to so this is how it works 
But you know what? Keep that faith. It's okay if you fall. Yeah, you're going to fail. So I'm not saying you're going to perfectly flare right on day one. You are going to make those mistakes, but get up and run. That running is a must. You don't stop. Yeah, you're failing. Please remember, your Gurudev is there. He's holding your hand. He's constantly nudging you. He's, you know, he's kicking you. He's giving you two tight kicks and saying, run, go ahead. He's not going to let you fail. Please remember, because it is his teachings. How can that powerful teaching fail ever? Because he's the real God Almighty. The God will always win. Please have that faith. Like Lord Sri Krishna has said, where there is Krishna and Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita. He says, where there is Krishna and Arjuna, there is always victory, grandeur, glorious, righteousness and goodness will prevail. That is his promise. So you are that Arjuna. So why fear when I am here like Baba says? So why fear when the Lord is the one who is pushing you through that journey? He is there. He is watching for you. Have that faith and walk. Don't let your mind win. See, mind is going to be a very difficult thing to conquer. But please remember, the grace of the Guru and the God is there on you. So he will ensure that you will be able to overcome. But you have to put that effort. The effort is from your end. It is self-effort. And that effort you have to show. And that is why Baba Vilos has also mentioned in the last few chapters, he said, the deep sadhana is required, you know, and spiritually deserve, sorry, spiritual deservability is something that the Guru is constantly going to test you because it's it, the moksham, the moksha mulam is Guru Krupam. The God realization is only through the grace of the Guru. And the Guru is watching you. The Parabrahman is testing you to see how much you are eligible for that God realization. It is not handed over in platter to anybody. It has to only come through your self-effort. Are you worthy enough of that God realization? Why should God reveal to you? There are hundreds and millions of people in this world. Why should you be given that realization? How much worthy are you? Are you really worthy? That is what you have to prove. So in everything, right? See, today, if you have to write, a, you want to become a doctor, you have to go through the medical entrance exam. And in that, if you don't get that rank, if you don't come first, why will you get the seat? Tell me. And today, see, that's why people use all other wrong means. They will, they will buy the seat. But do you want your father or mother or yourself being operated by someone who has bought a seat and who has not studied and, you know, got there because of his knowledge? Correct. And what happened? He is going to kill you. Are you game for that? This is possible, right? Because half-baked knowledge is dangerous. Similarly, even on the path of spiritual, the knowledge has to become complete. The knowledge has to be established within you. You will have to know and understand how to apply that knowledge. Otherwise, what use is it that you have studied? Whatever the knowledge you might have studied, it becomes a bookish knowledge. Because if the application doesn't happen, then the knowledge has no use. Then you don't understand what does it mean to apply that knowledge. And also, you will not understand the real meaning of that lesson. That knowledge cannot be understood by you if you cannot practically apply it. So this is the reason why it is very important to go through the test, go through that path to understand your own nature, what are your shortcomings and how to overcome them. The woman fell at Gurunath's feet, praying to be saved. Gurunath looked at the ghost and said, Do not trouble her any longer. She took refuge at my feet and no harm would ever come to her hereafter. If you give up your ill will against her, I will rescue you also. I will tell her to do atonement rights to you with whatever money she could manage and relieve you from your present state. See, the Gurunath is kind. He cares about everybody's welfare. He is not a selfish being. He is not a mean thing. He is not telling that the woman has to be saved and the ghost has to go suffer. No. On the contrary, he is telling, I will save the ghost as well. Because yes, she has done something wrong. I will tell her to do her atonement. The Guru, the great masters, the Lord Almighty, they, their justice is very absolute perfect. You know why? They balance in their justice. Everything is fair. They will ensure that everybody is getting their rightful, whatever that is due to them. I bless you to attain a better state of life. The ghost was reconciled. 
Gurunath told the woman, you start the atonement rites from tomorrow itself. You will be freed from the sin of causing the Brahmin's death. See, it's, it's both, right? She has not only caused a sin and she's gotten into karma, but also she's put the Brahmin also in the trouble because he's, he's still lingering as a ghost. He's not getting his release. So both has to happen. And the only way to happen is when the woman is doing her atonement and she's repaying for her karmas. And then Gurunath is blessing the ghost as well to get the release and get a better state of life. You start the atonement rites from tomorrow itself. You will be freed from the sin of causing the Brahmin's death. After that, every day for a week, make seven pradikshanas around the Audumba tree. You will have a son who will live long. At this the woman suddenly woke up from her sleep and felt greatly relieved. She observed the instructions of Gurunath meticulously and was freed from freed from the persecution by the ghost forever. Thereafter, one night, the woman had a dream in which Gurunath gave her two coconuts and said, My child, you take these two coconuts. You will have offspring and will have all happiness. After the woman finished her worship as told by Gurunath, she returned to her village. In the course of the year, she gave birth to two sons. The woman and her husband were very happy. See, the Guru, at the end of the day, if you look, he only cares about everybody's well-being. He is not looking at that somebody has to be good, somebody has to be bad. He doesn't have any biases. Whether it is a good person or an evil person, no, he forgives everyone and he tells them, look, you have committed something wrong and what is the way ahead? The most important is what did the Guru do here? He gave solution. Like my Krishna Guruji will say, you know, can you be the solution provider? Everybody in this world creates problems. They bring their problems. They have problems. Can we solve the problem? Can you find a solution? That is what is important. And only a God or a Guru can give solutions to every problem. He will, he will tell you how you can overcome whatever that you are facing. They have solutions. That is why they are God. People go to them because they want solutions. They want answers for their lives. They want answers to too many things. They sometimes, they, they have no idea what they are supposed to do with their life. They think they want to be in spiritual, they are seeking something. When they don't get that, then they feel dejected and then they go into something else. So they also don't have clue. Many a time, lot of people want to do something, but they don't know how to do or where to, how to go ahead and where to get started in life. But when they come to the Guru, real master, he gives them solution. And one of the most important nature of a Guru is that you need to understand he has solution to all your problems. That is number one. And secondly, most important thing, he can teach the most toughest and the complex of, complex of subjects like to a five-year-old. In the simplest manner, he can explain. And there's nobody on this planet Earth who can explain like that. Even this profound truth or profound knowledge cannot be understood by ordinary human beings or their minds. And so the Guru makes it in such a simple manner. That is why if you look at any scripture, all this profound truth is told to us in the form of a story. It's just like, because it's a, it is for the simple minds to understand. And even that itself, we feel it's quite complex. We cannot understand. So it is important to learn like a five-year-old and that learning can come only from the real master who will teach to a five-year-old, to a five-year-old mind. Because we don't know, we have always lived the way we believed life is to be lived because we have never been taught. Why? Because our own parents don't know. So where is the question of we learning? So we have only learned which they have learned from their forefathers. What is the use? Everything is a long learning. It's like you're just following a herd mentality. Nobody has questioned. But when you meet the Guru, first you will have to undo everything that you have learned and then come with the open mind. You have to become that open book, which is a clean slate. And then the Guru is going to then write on that clean slate. And that is when the real knowledge will embed within you. And the problem also comes is because when we come up with our own ways, you know, we have learned all the wrong things. I mean, sorry, not wrong things, the wrong ways about life or whatever the knowledge we have is 
very limited and that's not the truth at all it is not the way in which it has to be understood so the guru first will undo everything and that undoing itself is very painful and once you are finally un, you know completely undone then he writes in the new slate he forms wipes it out clean completely and that's the acid wash he puts does you know he purifies your heart and your mind and then slowly slowly imparts the truth about life what is spiritual everything from the basics he builds that foundation but the foundation cannot be established on a on a loose soil on on a wrong uh, footing it cannot be done why because if you can it has to first be done on a very strong base if the base itself is not you know not strong how will the foundation be established then the temple which is built on that weak foundation it will fall off it will crumble down so the knowledge will not stand in you for the knowledge to be embedded and established in you it has to be built on the very strong foundation so the foundation is laid first once the purification of your heart and mind is complete when you surrender to the master and that is when the real knowledge will open up within you and then you will be able to evolve on the path of spirituality and that time you will understand whatever your gurudev is teaching you will accept to it graciously you will start following that you will start applying it in your life but until then you will many a time you will revolt why because your mind is not palatable to what is being told to it your mind will become extremely strong and it's constantly going to put doubts against your master that's why my krishna guruji will say the you know the wall between you and me is your mind so we have to overcome this mind you have to surrender this mind control that mind and that comes only with self effort so evolve on that path and surrender to the lotus feet of the guru and for those who are searching the guru he will find you when the time is right so seek the grace of the god and always do what is righteous in life be your goodness be your good self and only do the right things which is important don't get get lost and don't get attached to anybody and get carried away in this material worldly existence you know and don't get entangled in the snares of maya it's going to pull you into it it's going to suck you into it and once you get into that you will not know what hit you and at that time your mind will completely you know cover you up it will it will cover the whole thing with the ignorance once again you're going to add layers of ignorance and then you will not be able to see the truth even if the god is standing in front of you or your guru is standing in front of you you will not be able to recognize the truth and let me tell you this much and that is the biggest pitfall you have to fear in your life so seek for that grace and if you don't you will get a flavor of who maya is please remember it's not so easy to get out of that you can have even your real master nobody can save you he will only tell try to tell you but if you give in to your minds deceit and self conceit you are going to fail you are going to fall and maya is going to entangle you please be very careful of this the children grew up as they attained the upanayana age the parents were planning the celebration with great enthusiasm but the last the elder boy just in his 8th year suddenly died after a very brief illness the woman broke down in grief and was wailing her relatives tried to console her and were preparing to take the body for cremation as it was nearing sunset but the woman did not allow them to remove the body she was blaming gurunath that although he gave her two sons he had snatched away one of them without showing any mercy and how what kind of a stupid is this stupidity is this she is blaming gurunath how can you blame the gurunath please remember this is all part of your karma alone the guru can only grant you things but it is nothing to do with him whoever is being born they come with their karma what can you or i or what a gurunath can do in this the god is not connected to this he is only granting you a, you know for your own good alone but everybody has their own destiny and karma which is going to be playing if you don't listen to the divine lord almighty and here she again starts blaming gurunath itself this is the kind this is the truth please understand this is how we human beings are she was blaming gurunath that although he gave her two sons he had snatched away one of them without showing any mercy she said is this the repayment you do to me after all my vigils fasts and worship what is the use of all worship it is all nothing but madness on my part i will end my life and join my dead son 
at this juncture a brahmachari came over he was trying to comfort and console her talking to her about the immortality of the spirit and the even even a sense of the body can you guess who the this visitor was he was none else but shri gurunath himself absolutely what is what is that he was trying to teach her he was telling that this body has to die one day death is inevitable but i am not this body i am that spirit that is what is the meaning of spirituality to understand that i am the spirit and not this body that is the realization you need to get that is why we say you need to have god realization and that can happen only with the grace of the guru moksha moolam gurur krupam there are no two ways about it but you should, you will see imagine how much she blamed accused gurunath already and because just because her son died and who is the son it's not even hers nobody belongs to you just because you have given birth to someone and this is the truth even those days why was this story being told to us because this is how the human beings are ungrateful creatures to the core know that no matter how much you can give them no matter how much you can do to them yet they will blame the god and the guru thinking that they have and she's even telling she has the she has even telling that i did so much prayer i did so much of penance who did she do for it is her own karma because she took some money and did not repay that and she is telling gurunath that look i did so much of prayers on the contrary the guru has saved you from that you know muck from that gutter he pulled you out and yet you are telling him that he is bad this is the truth about life please understand and this is what you need to overcome and let us see what happens in the next chapter with this we come to an end with today's chapter thus ends the 12th chapter of shri guru charitra describing the brahma sama sorry sambandha parihar glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive gurunath thank you for joining the guru charitra parayan see you all tomorrow morning at 9:15 if there is any change in the time we will update it on krishna knows ओम श्री महागणपते नम ओम श्री गुरुदेव दत्त ओम श्री सचिदानंद सद्गुरु साईनाथ महाराज की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय दिगंबरा दिगंबरा श्रीपाद वल्लभ दिगंबरा ओम श्री कृष्ण गुरुनाथनाथाय श्री गुरुवे नम ओम देवी दुर्गाय नम ओम श्री कृष्णार्पणम नमस्तु कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गुरु